Bit of a whistle-stop tour through some of the news from overnight and this morning's papers indeed as well. Darren O'Rourke, before we get into the political matters, your colleague Owen O'Brien, your housing spokesperson, was tweeting overnight that he, he was in a hospital and with reports in that he was in emergency care and indeed the stroke unit. So how is he? Um, well, I was I was talking to him actually just as he was discharged from, from Beaumont. So um, I, I wished him well and said, get well soon. And he said, that's the, that's the plan, I, uh, as I understood it. Uh, as I understand it, he's, he was there, as he, as he tweeted, for a number of days, including uh, in the stroke unit, um, had assessments and has been discharged. And um, I guess it's it, it's a matter yeah. of of the road, road to recovery, but we of course wish him wish him very well in that, and and I think he he made the point of just the excellent uh, treatment he had received, and from a, a wide range of, of of nationalities, and I think as somebody who worked in the health service, I can absolutely relate to that, and and I think it's it's just to, to commend them and Beaumont Hospital, as we have very many excellent hospitals. Yeah, and we indeed we we wish him well and a speedy recovery on that as well. Um. Minister Neil Richmond has a piece with Miriam Lord in the Irish Times today talking about the ongoing speculation about people potentially folding their tent and following a long line of Fine Gael TDs at this stage who won't be contesting the next general election. Simon Coveney moving across the border to a different constituency in Cork. Pascal Donoghue with a mothballed constituency office. Is there worry there that perhaps the leadership might be departing? No, not at all. I think silly seasons come early. Um, Simon's my boss in the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment. I was with him on Thursday. Could barely keep up with him. Um, and that's the way he's been going. Pascal, the same, both in his role in Department of Public Expenditure, but also as president of the Eurogroup. Um, we're really lucky to have those people in Cabinet with their experience. And I've no doubt they'll be going forward to the general election. I hope to see them in Cabinet after right. that again. And uh, Leo Varadkar's promise or intention that he wouldn't be there beyond 50 back in the day in an interview with the late Marion Finucane. Any sign of that being pulled forward anytime soon either? Well, Leo's just turned 44, so that's at least another six years before he'd even have to consider it. But right. no, I've no fear he'll be leading us into the general election and hopefully I'll, successfully. I'll, I'll come back to you in five. Uh, you were the only Fine Gael TD to vote in favour of Breed Smith's bill last week on abortion. Why were you on your own and, and why did you do it? Well, I can't speak for anyone else. Um, it was a free vote on a matter of conscience. I voted along with the government's suggestion in relation to the 12-month timed amendment. That was defeated. And ultimately, whilst I don't think Breed's legislation is perfect, I do agree with it. And I have been have been fairly consistent in my opinions on reproductive rights long before I was a TD or a senator back. I remember voting on this in Dunleary Thane County Council in 2010. So I just voted with my conscience as everyone was entitled to do so. And there are people, colleagues of yours, who would agree in principle with everything you've said except that the referendum was put to the people on a particular question with certain safeguards and caveats uh, in, in mind. What do you say to them or have, have you had anything said to you by any colleagues about that? Certainly not anything negative. I got a number of positive comments from party members within my own constituency and further afield. But anyone who knows me knows my position on uh, women's right to choose reproductive health and rights is long standing, and it is largely in line with that legislation. And I look forward to it going through in a thoughtful manner in the Dáil uh, at committee stage and beyond. And ultimately, first and foremost, I'd like to see that three-day uh, waiting period removed as quickly as possible. All right. The We'll, we'll get into coalition relations and other policy issues there. What is this tax forum that's been talked about uh, by your colleague Alan Farrell? And I mean, we we already know what Finnegale's opinion on personal taxation is, in uh, courtesy of an op-ed written by three junior ministerial colleagues of yours. Is there re- and talk of this tax forum talking about differentiating between? 
Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael coming out of a leak coming out of the parliamentary party and a leak about a leak coming out of the parliamentary party with an intention to leak the juicy bits about tax policy in the lead up to the budget. Is this just not an investment in more tension rather than an investment in putting money in people's pockets? Well, I've, I've no interest in leaks, but what I can say is that the Fine Gael parliamentary party will meet together on the 14th of June, just like we did similar time last year and indeed the year before to discuss our approach to budget negotiations and budget preparation in line with the programme of government. This isn't anything new. Our position is quite clear as a party. Our government position is quite clear as per the programme of government. We have three excellent parties just that just happen to be quite different parties within a coalition with different priorities. And uh, I welcome onward discussion and look forward to our special par- budgetary parliamentary party meeting with, as I said, Minister Dunahoo and Minister Carl McNeil, the two main ministers on the Fine Gael side. And I very much want to see a budget come out uh, late September, early October that reflects a very clear commitment to putting money back in people's pocket through a substantial uh, tax cut and indeed sustainable investment in capital expenditure. Darren O'Rourke, uh, the Governor of the Central Bank, Gabriel McClough, who also sits on the European Central Bank's Governing Council, coming out and saying that really these kind of fis- fiscal stimulus measures are an investment in potential inflation and will mean that the ECB is going to have to keep the interest rate policy it has currently in place, namely hiking interest rates to keep down inflation. Would you have any concerns about tax cuts in the budget, specifically ones that are going to be spent straight away, like personal taxation? Well, I certainly have a, a, a concern uh, in, in the way politics seems to be done by, by leak and uh, internal uh, jockeying for, for position within government. And uh, it's almost uh, policy by, by, by megaphone. Um, I think it's a distraction. It's as much about the internal dynamics within the individual parties uh, within government. And I think it takes away from the really important issues, the cost of living crisis, the, you mentioned inflation, the, 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 the rental costs for people, mortgage interest rates for people, the the housing crisis that we have, the health service crisis that we have, and they, that's, in my opinion, where where uh, the, the focus needs to be. I think, you know, government will prepare a budget. Um, it, those negotiations And do you think £1.5 on a personal taxation cut would, would be money well spent? Well, I, I think, and you know, I don't know the exact detail of the of the proposal from the from the three um, uh, junior ministers, but, uh, but but it is the case that if if that pr- proposal was to pre- was to proceed, that they would themselves would do uh, far better out of it, I think five times better out of it than somebody under 40, who's earning under €40,000. So I think we do need uh, measures. With the, we are in the middle of a cost of living crisis, but they have to be fair. And Sinn Féin will propose fair alternatives. But respectfully, Darren, we have a situation that Ireland has one of the lowest rates of entry point to the highest tax rate across Europe. We have made it quite clear in the programme for government, never mind the Fine Gael Manifesto, in the programme for government, that will, we will continue dedicated public expenditure. A programme for government that was drawn up before the war in Ukraine and the consequent inflation crisis. Are you able to adapt midstream or are you sticking to promises that have been overtaken by events? And a programme for government that didn't uh, imagine a budgetary surplus of upwards of 10 10 billion euro this year. In in midstream of all this and they talk about cuts, they decide to put the excise duty back on that absolutely had a big impact on people, particularly in rural Ireland and the money they had in their pocket. I mean, government are cash rich. There's no doubt about it. And making these statements just reminds it's kite flying. I mean, it goes back to Leo Varadkar's previous election to this one, saying that he would remove um, the USC charge. 
a charge, by the way, that was brought in, a tax that was brought in when we were in different times completely. We should be removing it. The one and a half billion, you say, if we can afford it, we need to do it. We need to start to look at how people are being affected. We well, you have wouldn't be concerned, and I'll say what, what Gabriel McClough, the central bank governor, said, that if fiscal policy adds to aggregate demand in the economy, in other words, putting but, money into the economy, but increasing people's spending power, then monetary poly int- policy interest rates will have to work harder. So, Mr. McAloof appeared in front of the Public Accounts Committee But, but, but just on this, so in other words... the very one who only increased the ability to borrow four times your income when we had no houses available. If he had done that maybe three years previously, it would have given people a much greater option and it wouldn't have seen our house building slow down to the extent that it has. I think the reality here is this. We don't need kite flying. We need meaningful effort from government and particularly we do not need to reimpose taxes where there are no alternatives to the car as a mechanism of transport. If, if, if 80 quid a month is just what a thousand euro extra a year would translate into if that's wiped out by interest rate rises or excise or any of those other things it's not really giving money back to people is it? Well it is because it's not just a one-off measure we did a tax package of over 890 euro for people the year before there was a tax package previously there's a commitment in the programme of government to have an income tax package in every year of the budget that's really important not only to follow uh, trends in terms of interest rate but also to have it sustainable that the point of entry into the upper level of taxation is at a realistic right. level. It's not at the moment. Right. As you said, this was, you know, in in the programme for government and there's been, I don't know how, how surprised, how much surprise there really is on, part, on the part of your colleagues, but surprise being expressed at the kerfuffle uh, around this. It certainly annoyed your Fianna Fáil colleagues, but what's annoying your Green colleagues, and Michael Ring, your other colleague, was out today in the paper talking about the need to look after rural Ireland. There seems to be this indication that the green tail is wagging the government dog but rewetting of land, let's just be clear on this. What is the policy, the government policy, with regard to rewetting land? Are you in favour of it or are you in favour of it when your rural voters agree to it? Well, we've rewetted a considerable amount of state land already and the policy is quite clear that we do intend to rewet more land, particularly focused at the state level. We don't intend to force people to rewet their land and we certainly don't want to discourage people uh, who have put a huge bit of effort in terms of reclaiming land in the last number of years and we don't want to do anything that would threaten food security or the ability to continue to produce. There is a parallel discussion obviously going on in terms of European legislation we agree with the thrust of it, but we want to iron out the details and that's what coalition parties of different natures do. Right, but when the Environmental Protection Agency is saying that we're, we're missing our targets, we're 29% there, but we're not going to be where we need to be by 2030. When the Environmental Protection Agency says that, you can talk about bringing people along with you, but as it gets near the 2030 deadline, more action is going to need to be taken. So the question is, are we going to miss the targets and pay the fines or are these measures going to have to be imposed at some point? Well, I think firstly on the EPA report, I think, yes, 29%. But when you take in the full modelling, it's actually 41%. And if you look at the measures that are on discussion, I think we absolutely can get uh, to the the target of over 50%. And it can be done by the 2030. But it has to be done in a way, and it will be done in a way, that is sustainable and that brings people along together from all parts of the island, rural and urban. Darren O'Rourke, can these targets be met without a lot more land than is currently being being re-wet? 
Well, um, I know th- there's 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 two things happening. Obviously, the nature restoration law has been uh, negotiated at a European level. Um, Which your party think, also has a difficulty with. Yeah, we we have a difficulty with, it, and I think I think it's important to say that it is a work in progress, and it it needs to be a work in progress. We've submitted a range of amendments at the Agri Committee. They they they, they weren't debated. Um, this is going to the Envy Committee. I understand that there's, you know, significant amendments before the Envy Committee, which hopefully uh, will address, I think, legitimate concerns in relation to this in terms of, you know, so- socioeconomic assessment, in right. terms of... How soon, terms though? Of, because you say it's a work in progress, but there has to be surely an end point on that work getting done in order for targets but to the, be established and implemented. Yeah, the, so, so there's, and again, the, the two different things that's happened here. So there's a, a timeline in relation to the, to the nature restoration law and I hope that we can have a nature restoration law and that it doesn't have, have to go back to the to the drawing table and you know and where does rewetting fit into that in your view yeah it's, it's an important element of it it's an essential element of it but what we need in relation to it is, is targets they need to be ambitious targets they need to be realistic more ambitious Re- than the current ones need to, well well does realistic when you say realistic does it does that mean that realistic, people who object to them no realistic so so two things right realistic and realizable so to, to realize them and I think there needs to be assurance there in terms of funding, but also in terms of the the voluntary nature of it. Because if you introduce a voluntary nature of it, what it what it speaks to is the need for governments, individual governments, to design schemes to incentivise farmers to move. If it's if it's mandatory, it means that this will be imposed on farmers, and that's something that is an invite to to, to opposition. We need to be realistic in relation to this, but we need to bring farmers with us. And the the idea that there there isn't room for manoeuvre here is is, is not the case. Right. It's a work in progress. And, and but it does need to be delivered on. Three grand a head for a dairy cow, Verona Murphy. It, it's not bad in terms of an incentive to bring people no, with you, is it? I, I agree. It's not bad as an incentive, but do we need to do it? I mean, there's so much more the government can do. And I've been on this programme column a number of times. I've asked why we haven't removed toll barriers, for instance, every time a truck stops, it expends a litre of fuel at a toll barrier and we have 20,000 trucks within Dublin Port every day. Stuff like that isn't even being discussed. Both my colleagues here voted on the Climate Action Bill. I didn't. I was one of 13 colleagues. You didn't vote or you voted against it? I voted against it. And the reason being is that it was very evident that the targets couldn't be met and what would result is huge, huge fines. Well, the science science has not been followed. Are you telling me that we've had the science that a a litre of fuel is expanded into the most congested city? Not at all. I think the reality is that the science can be followed in certain instances. The common sense is what's lacking. Should common sense not be based on science? Nine times out of ten it doesn't need to be because the science takes too long to compile. What's the basis for common sense if it's not based on science? Well, anybody who knows how a truck operates, the torque is what expends the fuel, the carbon is coming from the fuel. All right, well, that's one one area that that you, coming from a haulage background, you know particularly about. What were the other particular issues with the the targets in the climate bill that you objected to when you voted against it? Everything. I mean, we talk about the emissions from agriculture. We had literally locked down the country. Our emissions didn't increase and agriculture was one of the only sectors that continued in the vein that it was always continuing. All right, Darren we look so at, just let me finish no, 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 on re-wetting. No, 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 hang on a second, I'll give okay. you a good run on this. So to be absolutely clear, the climate bill 
um, had two targets in it, net zero by 2050 and a 51% reduction by 2030. They are absolutely essential based on the best of climate science related. To their, their, they are aligned with the Paris Agreement. They are the only... Re-wetting no, no, based a second, on a science. Second, a second, it's based on a second, science. Uh, a second, please. And you're opposed they, to they it. Are the, they are the only targets that are in the climate bill. They're ground on the best of climate science. Where there is difference and where Sinn Féin have argued with government and government had ar- have argued with everybody else is in the roadmap to get us there. And that's where the detail is in, in terms of everything that Verona is talking but your about. Your party has been accused by Antashka of not being clear and sitting on the fence on the climate issue. No, What's I, your response to that? Well, I, I, I disagree entirely. And, and I, I made the point in terms of the need for ambition, but the need for engagement. I think there's, there's well, a what case about, What about your, your then agriculture spokesperson, Matt Carthy, standing up in front of a, a meeting of farmers saying the best thing that could happen would for the Greens to be wiped out. I mean, that's clearly play, playing to an anti-Green agenda among certain sectors in the farming community, Look, isn't I, it? I think what we have done consistently is put forward the alternatives. You put, we've said out in policy in black and white and if people disagree with them well and good but there's this charge that you don't have climate policy we've got climate policy in every form in, ter- in, terms of, in terms of revision in terms of, road in terms of public transport the greening we've, we've of spe- road transport we've, we've spelled it we've spelled it, it out in terms of retrofitting in terms of of the, the need for, for pathways for, for, for agriculture so, I don't so know any about, of your policies about, on road transport you, road freight so, 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 so tell us what you think of it because I, we've, actually, we've, actually, it we've actually spelled it out it's, it's, it's on our website there in terms of public transport, in terms of like we had proposals. Road and freight we, is not had, public we, transport, we had, Darren. We Road pr- freight, you're the we, spokesperson. We, um, What's your I, policy? Well, I'm not the, the spokesperson, but we have pro- specific proposals in relation to the the diesel rebate specific proposal What's in relation to the gre- the greening of the of, of the of the fleet in terms of a um recabotage but also in terms cabotage has uh, nothing to do with but, fuel but, but but also in relation to the, the greening of the fleet in terms of of a uh, uh, um taking older older vehicles off the road and and, and subsidizing them so we have we have policy uh, in all areas of of environment but it's it's for the only, gov- sec- the only representative organisation, which is the Irish Road Haulage Association, have never met with you. Yeah, right, absolutely okay. have met. Excuse me. That, no, no, sorry. I have to challenge that. We specifically met them, uh, listened to their alternative uh, budget proposals last year and adopted a number of them in terms of the, the scrappage scheme. Sorry, that's are the you, order I was trying to think of. The, the, tax, the scrappage though, scheme. We, we, we are opposed to increases in carbon tax because we, the alternatives are, are not there. Um, but to be very right. clear in relation to it, we've spelled out time and again in, in relation Richard, to, 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 hang to on policy. Neil Richmond, it's going to be up to, to you to deliver. Do you accept that as we get towards the 2030 target, and we're nowhere near that, the Irish Farmers Association saying, you know, we, we should emphasise the positive that we're 29% there, etc. But as we get towards that, we're seven years out from that, and there's 71% of the target to be made up. Now, let's take the dairy sector, for example. It's not possible to have the same herd without allocating more land to meet our targets, particularly in the area of nitrates. At the same time, there are demands on rewetting land, on forestry, on wind farm infrastructure, on solar panel infrastructure. Where are you going to get the extra land? And if you can't get it, are you being honest when you tell dairy farmers that the size of the national herd is going to be maintained at current levels? Well, firstly, I think it goes back to the EPA report 
the modelling only takes in 29%, but if, when you take in the full spectrum of elements that they haven't taken in, it's much closer to 41%. And I think that's something that has to be stress, stressed repeatedly. Equally, it hasn't gone into the deep dive of what's being done in the construction sector and indeed in the industrial sector. So there is a lot of progress has been made and there will be more progress to get pointers. I think every time when we talk about a very broad issue Nothing of climate to action. Then. We, we, no, far from it. There's a lot to see and there's a huge so, challenge. So who but needs I, to up their game? I fundamentally believe, Colm, that, well, firstly, the government, listen to the opposition. There's no bickering in the government compared to the opposition. The government are committed to this. There's legally binding targets. What about Michael Ring in the paper today? And but Michael is entitled to his own opinions, but what we have he's is a policy. The, he's a member of the government. And party, he voted he? for the climate action bill, and we have legally binding targets, and more importantly, we have the resources and funding and legislation the, to back right, it up. Okay. The, the, the cornerstone, we're, 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 of, this, the cornerstone of this is, is energy policy. It's the energy transition. It's offshore wind, it's it's onshore wind, it's renewables, okay. and the as, government is failing in as relation to that. As many environmentalists that. would say about the climate issue, we're out of time on this one. We're back after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.